0: Welcome back to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I am delighted to have with me as my guest today, Jason Cutter. Jason, welcome to my podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited about talking to you. Let me introduce you more formally to my audience. I met Jason through our mutual friend and colleague, Libby Gill, and Libby, has been a guest on my show, also episode number 44. Jason is the CEO of Cutter Consulting Group, and he describes himself as a sales success architect. We'll go more into that uh, terminology in our discussion today. And he helps small businesses create scalable inside sales teams. He's also been working more recently with coaches and consultants, service professionals like my listeners, so I'm excited to delve into some of the things he has done to help people. He is the host of the Sales Experience podcast, and I recommend that all my listeners check that out because, Jason, you've brought on some good guests, and you have a nice blend of solo episodes along with having um, really great guests. And I love the focus of his program for sales folks and his upcoming book, Authentic Persuasion. And we're going to go deeper into the meaning of that phrase. His program helps salespeople upgrade their performance and become more effective in bringing in more business. And his upcoming book, The Power of Authentic Persuasion, transform. From Order Taker to Quota Breaker, where he explains how, as a marine biologist with zero sales experience, he became a high-priced sales trainer hired by Fortune 500 companies worldwide. And Jason, you know, with that introduction and with your background, of course, my first question is, how did you go from being a marine (laughs) biologist? And I know you've had some other interesting um paths here with your career tell us more about your unusual journey and how you ended up in doing the work you're doing today
1: yeah and that's and that's where it's, it's funny because a lot of the times i love to tell the story of where i'm at now and what i'm working on and the book um because you know, it's you see somebody and they sell, or they're they're able to talk to people, or they're in some kind of sales or coaching role. You just think, hey, that's just natural for them. It's what they've always done their whole life. Uh, and for me, you know, teaching people to use authentic persuasion comes from the fact that. Two things. One is I grew up as a shy, awkward, only child, late bloomer um, to two analytical parents, uh, a banker and an engineer, a very anti-sales household, as I like to tell it, if anyone has heard me talk. Um, And then I went to school, got my Bachelor's degree in marine biology from UC Santa Cruz. While I was living in Santa Cruz, I tagged sharks for about four years with a great organization there. We did a lot of fish and game product, uh, projects. Um, I couldn't get a job in, in marine biology without having a master's degree because it's just so competitive. In the, in the late 90s, everyone wanted to work at SeaWorld and, and play with the dolphins and, and all of that. And uh, literally, life took me on a different path. And I worked at Microsoft doing tech support. Didn't get my first sales job until I was 27, um, you know, working at a company doing mortgages, which didn't take any efforts to sell at the height of the housing market. Mm. Uh, and then from there was just a windy path, learning sales on my own with some help, getting into sales leadership roles, uh, uh, you know, not on my own desire, I didn't strive for that, but I had an owner who was like, we need a VP of sales, I just fired the other one, so you're up. Uh, and then I became a, a sales leader and uh, that was an interesting journey. And, uh, you know, many other things along the way until to this moment.
0: And so you've kind of, I won't say coined this phrase, but you've joined these two words together, authentic persuasion as part of your sales process and sort of the fundamental element of what you teach. So break out each of those words and then the phrase itself. Why did you choose those?
1: So for me, one of the things when I really spent time digesting why I was successful in sales, kind of what made me special, and it wasn't a, you know, a 10 step strategy or tactics, and it wasn't this five, you know, ways that I do this or that. Um, And what I have helped a lot of other people do, it was that phrase that came to mind, which is authentic persuasion. For me, authenticity is, it's there's a whole bunch of parts to it but it's self awareness it's understanding your strengths it's leveraging those strengths it's understanding your fears and this part in our human brain that always wants to just keep us safe like it's been doing for thousands of years and keep us in our comfort mm-hmm. zone and and make you afraid of anything and you know overcoming that to really embrace your responsibility and duty as a sales professional. Um, But being authentic and understanding that, you know, your windy path, your mistakes, your, your challenges, your wins, your successes, the life that you've been through, can actually really help you when you're a salesperson because you can bring that into the conversation. A lot of times I know for myself, I beat myself up mentally for the longest time, because I was embarrassed and ashamed of my crazy windy path because I didn't do the formula, right? I didn't do the American dream path of go to school, get a degree, get a job, work in that career for a long time, start a family, have kids, you know, uh, take vacations, retire. And it was just like, oh, I did everything but that. Um, And I used to not tell people about my path because I was embarrassed. And then I found it's actually really successful and helpful in conversations where you're trying to persuade someone because, They want to deal with a real person. They want to deal with somebody who's real. Um, And then on the persuasion piece, for me, persuasion is moving someone forward uh, into something they want. Um, Manipulation is generally the term used when moving someone forward for what you want. And persuasion is more about together or for their benefit. And I put, you know, I always attribute positive persuasion because I want it to be something positive and a benefit. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, when I join those together, authentic persuasion, then it's a Framework of being who I am, embracing my strengths, not trying to be somebody else, not trying to be a different type of salesperson or the one you see in, the t- in TV shows or in movies or pretending to be this person. Um, and then it's about persuasion and not manipulation. It's about not trying to trick somebody into buying from you, but really being a professional where you're walking them through a process to help them get what they want or need. Um, and then you benefit from it as a salesperson.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that when I think about folks that are in that whole service professional realm, they they want to be helping another person. Yeah. And I think that, I'm just guessing, but I think that they have a, a pretty authentic approach uh, in terms of who they are and wanting to be of help to this person but i think sometimes they have this and you've experienced this right with some of the coaches and consultants you know they don't want to have to sell right. they would rather get the referrals get the introductions and kind of let it take care of itself what what suggestions do you have to help someone who has that approach that is is hasn't been trained in selling and doesn't really feel as comfortable in that role when they're in front of a client, what are some things that you might do to help them establish that rapport and their authenticity and become more effective?
1: Well, I think one of the first things is there's got to be some level of confidence Uh, that's there, right? Confidence in your ability. If you're a coach, consultant, solopreneur, service professional, there's gotta be some level of confidence. And if the confidence isn't high, then research it, figure it out. Some people get certifications, right? They get a coaching cert so that they can be a certified coach and kind of stand behind that, which is great if that's what it it is real for you. Um, Some of it's just starting out small, so smaller clients and building your way up where you can ask for more and more money, let's say, as a service professional. So confidence is key. Um, the fundamental though, is to switch and view yourself as a professional. And I don't mean professional coach or consultant. I mean, professional in terms of like what a professional would do as it is your duty and responsibility to help somebody. So if you see somebody who's injured, you know, you want to feel like it's your duty or responsibility to help them get help, right? Or help them get better. If you're a coach or consultant, it's the same thing. You want the end result for your clients. You want to coach them. You want to consult them. Uh, For me personally, when I talk to somebody as, as a consultant for their business, I project out, this is just the way my brain works. I project out the worst case scenario. If they don't hire me, if I don't get them to bring me on board because I know I can help them, then what could that mean? Their company could go out of business. They could fail. People could get be unemployed, right? Like all of these things could happen if they go down this trajectory that they're on right now because they need some help, right? They've admitted they need some help. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the biggest shift is to take on that duty responsibility. And then, you know, I use this image a lot in my training and coaching that I do with people is imagine if you had a broken leg, right? Your leg is broken. You go into the doctor, you see the doctor in the emergency room. The doctor says, Okay. Uh, they do their exam. They test. Okay. Yes, your leg is broken. All right. So I see your leg is broken. Um, you know, I have some options. You let me know what you want to do. Here's my card. Um, you know, think about it. Maybe we can set up a time to talk next week. You know, I'll send you a follow up email. I've got a brochure. You check that out. You let me know, and then we'll talk about it next week. Right? No doctor would ever do. No good doctor would ever do that. Right? The way the doctor works is you. I've diagnosed you your leg is broken. We need to fix it. Do you have any questions? This is going to hurt a little bit. Hold on. We'll get things better. And then I'll give you some steps after that, right? It's a very assumptive close. It's not a, hey, would you like to have this heart surgery? It's a, you're going to have this heart surgery, right? Um, And when especially service professionals, but salespeople in general take that approach as the professional with the solution that's right for that person, then it's, it's a totally different shift.
0: I like that. Uh, one of the thoughts that I'm having, though, is uh, someone listening to this may wonder, well, how do I do that in a way that doesn't come across pushy or, 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 or um, turn them off? Because maybe right. I, I'm, I'm perceived as too strong.
1: Yeah. Um, the key is, and depending on how much detail we want to go into it, but what I teach people to do is use what I call the sales success, uh, fundamentals, which the the basics of it is, is following a process where you're going from rapport to empathy and questions to building trust. And then you can do those other stages. And it's about doing these five parts that I teach people to do. Uh, completely in that conversation, whatever that might be, however much rapport is needed for the relationship and to move it forward. Uh, Some people spend too much time on rapport. You know, if they had a half hour phone call, they might just chit chat for 25 minutes because they're nervous or uneasy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some people have no bedside manner. So they chat for like 15 seconds and then want to get into business. And so it and every person is different, every prospect's different, every every opportunity is different. So you have to gauge it also. Um, So it's about doing those stages, but it's also about doing them in order because I'm glad that you brought this up because what happens sometimes if people go straight for that assumptive close, I know what, I I have the solution for you, here's what it is, it will come across pushy and manipulative because you haven't done the other steps, which is how do you know that's what I need, right? And that's the part with that doctor example that's subtle but super important, which is the doctor didn't say, hey, I'm I'm guessing your leg is broken, so here's the solution. It's the exam and the diagnosis has to come first with the relationship to then be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I I can really see that. I mean, obviously the sequence has to be there. And sometimes, you know, because we can get caught up in our own, uh, I guess, anxiety related to that sales situation, um, what would you advise someone to do to kind of relax and turn the tables so they're focused on that other person and not on their own feelings? That they might, how how do you help them dissipate those feelings?
1: So there's two things that I usually help people through a process with. One is understanding, and this is, this is in the book, and this is part of the authentic framework, which is the why, right? What is your why? W-H-Y. What is your why? Why are you doing this? Why do you want to be successful? Why do you want to sign up more clients or sell your product or service, whatever that looks like? Um, you know, why is that? What, what would you put on a vision board? What are you striving for? What do you want to accomplish? Because that's important. You got to understand like why you're doing it, why you want to make this sale. And it's not always money for some people. Yes, it is money. Some people it's what money is going to do for you. Some of it's just having more in line with your purpose. And you know that this is just what you've got to do. And then the money's going to come. It's different for everybody. And so I think that that's the first part that's super important um, is to understand why you're doing it. And, you know, the key with the why is also abundance and understanding, you know, there's seven plus billion people on the planet and how many clients do you really need? What's the, the math on that? In fact, in the book, I have a chapter where, you know, I talk about this and specifically about telling clients, no, telling the wrong people, no, and the power of that and how to, to use that successfully for yourself and for them um, and do the math, right? Out of 7 billion people on the planet, how many clients do you need to be successful to hit your goals, Right. I'm going to guess it's not very many, which means you don't have to stress. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to come from scarcity. You can come from abundance. And then the second part to address your question that's really key is what is the value to that other person? What would it mean to the other person if you could help them? What does their life look like? What will it mean for them? Not for you right? The vision board is important. That way, you know, kind of what's driving you and what's, what your direction is. But what's, what's equally important is what does it mean for them? So if you're a coach, you're going to help somebody, let's say, be successful in their business or in their role, right? You're an executive mindset coach. What would it mean if they hired you? What would it do for them? And when you shift the focus to them and what they're going to benefit from and how they can be helped by you and your service, then it takes the pressure off you. Then it's no longer about you. I mean, I've had so many sales calls where I'll be 45 minutes into a call and I have yet to tell somebody what I do or how I'm going to help them because I already know it and they know it and they're already signing up and they don't actually know what I'm going to do. They just know what it's going to be like when I help them. Um, and that takes all the pressure off of me, me, me and my monologues and my, my social proof and my brochures and it makes it all about them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really powerful because I think that that can help us relax more in a sales situation if we're really focused on, on them. Now, how do you bring in this authentic piece in terms of your experience, your flawed past? Um, Where is it appropriate to kind of interject that? So it makes sense in the context of the conversation.
1: You know, it's different for everybody. And it's, it's both different for the individual salesperson, for the product or service that you're selling, the conversation with the other person is what's needed. Um, but I think, you know, part of the authentic piece that's critical is, is not being afraid to be a human. It kind of piggybacks on what you asked the, the previous question. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I use to calm down people, especially if they're making cold calls or they're doing follow-up calls and they're just anxious about picking up the phone and they have that pit of their stomach feeling, it's another human. It's human to human. It's another person. They have issues. They have flaws. They have drama in their life. They have great things. They have hopes. They have goals. They put their pants on a certain way today. Like it's just another human. Right. And, and on one side, it's not personal. It's business. On the other side, it's not just business. It's personal. So you got to balance those two. Um, but it's just another human. And so part of that It reducing that anxiety is just remembering that it's just another person. And when you bring the authenticity side, you're being who you are, you're bringing up issues, and you're understanding and having faith, like you don't have to be this perfect, smooth salesperson. And in fact, most people will get triggered if you're too smooth and too perfect and too polished with too many of the perfect answers at all the right time. It will trigger trigger the animal part of most people's brains, who are also already pessimistic and worried about salespeople uh, taking advantage of them. It will trigger them. So the more perfect and polished you are, the harder it might be to close deals because people won't trust you. It will be harder. I have found that when I make mistakes or I stumble or if I if I you know get lost in a conversation, people actually appreciate that more because. I'm just a person. I'm not somebody trying to sell them something. I'm just a person trying to help.
0: So, when somebody has moved along in a conversation, let's say, and they sense that there might be interest, what do you find are the best ways to approach and I hate to use the word closing, but you know, <laughs> asking for the the order or the sale or or the contract.
1: So I have a different approach for most sales conversations, where I don't believe in asking for the sale, and I, I know that goes against everything um, that is taught and is told, and you know salespeople are, are supposed to do. Um, I take a different approach, and again, if we go back to that doctor example, it isn't, "Hey, would you like me to fix your broken leg?" Um, you came in here; you're you're giving me permission by being here and wanting me to look at it. I'm giving you my diagnosis. I'm the professional. Here's the prescription. Do you have any questions? Right. Unless there's an option, like I can do this or I can do this. I can, I can put it in a cast or I can do this other option, which would you like to do? Here's the benefits, the pros and cons. You pick. Here's what I recommend. If you're a professional, you shouldn't be asking for a lot of sales because it should be very clear. The best way to get to that point is to understand why they want it. The number one thing I feel most salespeople who I put in that bucket, order taker, um, what they're missing is at the end of a conversation, they can't clearly answer, why does Bob need or want my service? Right. Why do they need it? Why do they want it? How how is it going to help them at two o'clock in the morning when they wake up in a cold sweat? Whether they're in a business, they're a marketing professional and they've got it, that's their job, and they know your software could help them. Do you know why it could help them? Do you know how it's going to help them in their career or in their KPIs? It could be individual health coach, right? Like, do you know why? Yes, they want to lose 20 pounds, but do you know why? Do you know why really at the deepest level, why that matters? Once you know that answer then you're not selling anything. Then you're just helping them get there. And then it's easy. And then it's just reminding them, hey, you said that you wanted to lose 20 pounds because this, this, and this. Here's the best program. Here's what I think we should do. What do you think about that? Any questions? Here's where I think we should start. And that's a totally different approach because I'm not asking. I already know. You told me your, your deepest level of problems you're willing to share. I know I have the solution. If I do, that's it.
0: I like that so much because it feels natural. It's not contrived, Um, but what it points to to me is the importance of asking really good questions in order to get at their why and get at their pain. Have you found any general questions to be especially good to ask in the course of a conversation that help you get at the why?
1: Um, You know, if there's ever a point where, you know, you need to go deeper. um, The one I always go to is, you know, let me ask you, why is that important to you? I also use that when people ask objections or questions back to me. Uh, you know, bring up concerns. Um, But asking, why is it important to you? And just asking why, without seeming like repetitive, okay, why do you want that? Okay, why do you want that? Okay, why do you want that? that? Because that can be terrible. But just like, you know, why is that important to you? And tell me more about that. And what would that mean for you? It's tough to say there's general questions. And this is where, I teach a lot of fundamentals, but not specific like tactics, right? Like in my book, it's not okay. So here's not 200 pages of here's the quotes to say, here's the thing to put in your script, say this, do this. It's more of the mindset. It's more of curiosity. And when you come from curiosity, whatever questions come up and wherever the conversation goes, that's where it needs to go. Um, Sometimes you might get those answers in a minute. Sometimes it might take 15 minutes. The key is to not rush it and to not, move forward until you know, to the answer of why they need it. Um, and then from there, it's really, you know, most successful people I see at this step, they're just genuinely curious. They just genuinely want to know and understand the other person.
0: Well, a couple of things about that. One, when you ask why, depending on your tone of voice, it can sound sort of like you're (laughs) challenging or judging someone. So I like the way that you framed some other things, like tell me more about that or, you know, the kind of, I mean, not that we can't use why, but I just think we have to be aware of our tone of voice. A
1: hundred percent.
0: Because... If, if somebody starts to feel like they're being challenged, they're going to back off. You've kind of lost the rapport there that you may have worked hard to get at. I also want to circle back to what you just said about mindset and being curious, because I think that's really critical. What's the mindset that you would um, describe would serve the salesperson And of course, the person they're speaking to, what kind of mindset serves the situation the best? What are the characteristics of it?
1: I mean, for me, the the five traits that I put in there is being open and willing, being curious, being persistent, being creative, and then being authentic. So those parts of that mindset under the umbrella of empathy, which is I want to get to know you and I want the best for you. And I want to help you in get into a better situation. And I, I, I gotta say, cause sometimes I'm talking about this and it sounds like I'm selling, you know, crazy life coaching or something impactful. And it's all about transformation. And you know, this next, you could, if you were selling knives or vacuum cleaners or your cell phones, like it would all apply as well. Like you'd want to use those same strategies, you know, from a mindset and a, you know, a trait standpoint to be effective, in my opinion. Um, But I think when you have those, right, under the empathy, so I'm curious because I'm empathetic, uh, I'm persistent because I'm coming from this place of empathy and and wanting to help, then all of that just becomes uh, much easier in the conversations.
0: So give me an example of what does persistent look like in a sales situation?
1: Well, so there's two sides of the persistent. You know, kind of coin, if you will. One is in the conversation itself. It's when you're having a conversation, you have determined, you know, obviously the first step is determining if they're going to be qualified, if they're a good fit, right? If I sell business coaching and you're not a good candidate for this, or it's not something that's going to help you, it's not a good fit. Here's some resources, here's a referral. Have a great day, right? Like you know, it's not about pushing everybody into every sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't work with anybody who uh, is requiring or demanding a hundred percent close rate because if they're doing then that if they're doing that then that means they don't care if somebody's qualified or not. They're just selling something to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's there's people out there who are great at helping you sell that, but that's not my style. I you know it's all about square pegs and square holes, so that's more my focus. Mm-hmm. A consultative you know requirement. Um, so persistent is in that conversation. Once I know I can help you, once you've told me that, you know, y- there's a way I can help you, and we've uncovered what that looks like. Persistence is moving forward until that deal is done, right? No money, no time. You know, I can't sign your documents. Whatever that looks like, being persistent enough to overcome that. Um, you know, if that I've, I've you know I've had some some sales situations where it's, you know, two hour, four hour phone call, one phone call to overcome every barrier in order to get that sale done. Um, Because, you know, if not, I know if I get off the phone, that person's putting their head back in the sand and I'll never talk to them again. So some of it's persistent in the conversation coming from the place of, I want to help you. And I know that if I don't right? like the doctor example, I know if I let you walk out of this hospital without fixing your leg or doing heart surgery, you're done right? Like this is going to be so bad. So I can't, I can't literally, I can't let you leave. Um, And then the other persistent part is just going through the activity every single day, every single phone call. It's, you know, it sales or selling, even as a service professional, it's a tough game. It's full of rejection and doubt and anxiety and stress and worry and fear uh, of, of the unknown. And so, you know, picking up the phone and making that 21st or 51st or 101st phone call today. Right. It's being persistent. It's falling down and knowing, okay, I just going to keep getting up and I'm going to keep being persistent and I'm going to keep moving forward. You know, even if it's two steps forward, one step back every day, every phone call, I'm just going to keep moving.
0: So when someone has experienced a lot of rejection, what can they do to make it easier for them to get back up the next day and make those calls or do whatever sales activity they need to do to help them have more sales conversations?
1: that's where the first thing is that vision board, right? Whether you make a physical vision board or not, I always recommend that you do so you have that reminder. When I have run call centers, that's like on the new hire the new salesperson's second day in training is here's a cork board and your homework is to get a bunch of pictures. Tomorrow, we're going to be taping and gluing stuff on there like it's a fifth grade project, right? Like literally going to make a vision board that you're gonna put over your phone and over your computer at your desk so that when you're having those feelings, you look up and remember, that's why I'm doing it. My family, a house, a car, vacation, you know, money in the bank, whatever it is for you, right? That's what should be on there as your reminder. And then you remember, okay, cool. And then the other part is, is remembering that your goal is to help people and you can, and that you just haven't found them yet. So that's two parts of it, right? Is to pick it up and go, okay, I know there's people out there. I know I can provide value. I know there's people I can help. I just got to find them. The other part is, is if you're getting a lot of rejection and you're getting, you're hitting in things where you're hearing the same kind of feedback, at some point it might be you right? Sometimes it's the other person, right? Sometimes it's a bad luck. Sometimes it's you, maybe your approach is wrong, your message is wrong, the conversation's wrong, maybe you're missing something. Um, And that's where coaching, consulting, or, you know, if you work at a company, listening to recordings with your manager and listening to calls and getting feedback, which nobody likes, and it's an attack to our ego, and our brain wants to keep us protected from that, it's the most important things. Like, sports professionals right you see somebody they're getting paid a ton of money to play professional sports um they spend maybe five to ten percent of their life on the field or on the court the rest of it is watching footage practicing uh working out training but they're literally watching how they performed in yesterday's game or last week's game how their opponents usually perform so they can be ready Um, And so sometimes it's you. Sometimes you need to get better and watch your game footage and figure out, okay, what am I missing? What am I saying? What am I not saying? And, you know, how do I get better?
0: Can you give an example of a success story where you've helped either one person or a team of people make that transformation from order taker to a more effective persuader?
1: Yeah, so one of the examples that comes to mind, I had a client and they're in San Diego and um, salesperson doing a great job, you know, closing effectively, but was more just taking orders, you know, giving a good demo, giving a good presentation, asking questions, had also kind of fallen into a rut after a couple of years of, you know, understanding the program that they were offering. It was a software solution and, you know, kind of going through the motions with the questions, not really caring because, you know, hey, I know how this works and whatever you say kind of matters, kind of doesn't because I know what I'm going to pitch you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, at the end of it was a, you know, it was that ask, Hey, is this something you're interested in? Hey, you know, you want more information. Um, And really the biggest shifts, there were two things. One was, instead of just going through the motions was asking questions and being purposeful to find out that why do they need it? How does this make an impact for that person at that company for, uh, for, uh, uh, for example. And then once knowing that, then taking that assumptive kind of professional doctor approach, which is, based on your situation, here's what this will do for you. Here's the return on investment. Here's what you need. Here's where I think we should start with. And I'm going to move it forward. And the closing percentage went up. The time to close deals went down instead of a pipeline full of people who were kind of lingering and not answering or not calling back or not taking action. Instead, it was more of a, okay, you know, one call closed conversations where the person gets done with the demo and it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Send over the invoice. And then much bigger, higher ticket sales, faster closing time, um, and just a better conversion, which then led to even better customers. Because once those customers became, you know, in a, a client on the software side, then they were, you know, happy. They they knew what they were getting and why they were there.
0: Mm, great story. Uh, so, what is your why, Jason? Why are you doing what you're doing today?
1: So the biggest thing for me that excites me and where I I love being the most is helping people transform um, and you know see that light bulb moment So the thing I love most is, standing, it really, you know, when it's feasible, standing next to a salesperson who's on the phone or selling in some way, and they're struggling, and they need help and giving them some advice, they get on the phone, and they start saying the stuff that we just talked about. And it works. And they're moving conversations forward for the right reasons. They're having success, they close a deal. And just that light bulb moment is so exciting for me. So that's on one side, I really love that. That's why instead of selling, because I could sell, and there's always that question, why would you Write books. If you're so good at selling, why don't you just sell instead of write books? It's like, well, I actually enjoy helping people. And I want to shift the way that the world sees salespeople, right? We see doctors as professionals, but everyone dislikes, most people dislike salespeople. Um, it's why, and if you don't believe me, look at the fact that most companies don't call their people salespeople. They call them account executives or, you know, consulting something, somethings, right? Like they hide who they are because they know the public doesn't like salespeople. And so I Uh, want to shift that. I want to make it so salespeople operate in a way that's effective, right? They're not just taking orders, but the consumers want to deal with a sales professional because they want the help. Um, And so that's what drives me as well.
0: Well, I love that. That is fabulous. And as I was listening to you, I thought, you know, it's true. A lot of people see sales professional or professional salesperson as an oxymoron (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: so I love that mission that you have both aspects of it and I know that um, many of my listeners are going to want to learn more about you so tell us how they can connect with you learn more about your podcast your new book we'll be putting the um, uh, link on the uh, show notes page but and also your program Tell us how they can
1: get it. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, So the main thing I've done just to simplify everything is if you go to jasoncutter.com, so it's J-S-O-N-C-U-T-T-E-R.com, I've built a hub there with many links for everything. Um, So you can go there, you can actually schedule a discovery call with me if you wanna talk about sales, your career, your individual career, or if you have a company and you wanna see if there's ways that I can help, um, we can hop on a a call. Um, But I have the link on there for both the the... free ebook that's available, which is the one that you mentioned, the the power of authentic persuasion. And then the book that I have that's uh, coming out, which is the selling with authentic persuasion transformed from order taker to quota breaker. So there's a link on there as well. Um, and then yeah, other courses, everything through there, the consulting side, I'm also really active on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn directly. Or if you go to the Jason Cutter site, you can find my profile link through there. I post a lot of stuff on there. I chat with people all the time. So that's the best way to go.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Jason. I just love what your uh, focus is for sales, both in helping salespeople and just the perception of salespeople. So, kudos to you, and thank you so much for being my guest. It's been such a pleasure talking with you.
1: Thanks for having me. This has been uh, super fun, and I love you know anything I can do to help you or your audience, like in your message and what you're doing for them. I mean, I think that's all great stuff. What the world needs. So, thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.